Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly. From the Summer Skate Studios, this is College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Tonight's show is brought to you by Peterson Toyota. Go to our showroom at 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins. Find out why we say everything cars made easy. It's not just an ad line, but a way of doing business. Online at petersontoyota.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Get the best in Las Vegas barbecue at our original location. 611 South Valley View Boulevard or at your next Allegiant Stadium event. M-Drive, you're never too old to start building lean muscle mass or help your immune system. Go to mdriveformen.com and see which of our specially designed products is for you. By Topgolf, our all-weather facilities mean you can practice your swing or learn how to swing a golf club 12 months a year. Find any of our coast-to-coast locations at topgolf.com. Burrito Express. Six East Valley locations serving the freshest Mexican food, including the all-day breakfast burrito since 1995. Metro by T-Mobile. See one of our store locations for details how to get a new 5G phone free when you switch to Metro and trade in an eligible device. UNLV Hockey. ACHA Division I Hockey in a world-class city. Black Bear Diners. Bring your appetite as we serve up home-cooked meals with a smile at any of our uniquely styled restaurants all over the West and Midwest. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. No one does entertainment destinations better nationwide or worldwide. And by the NCHC and NCHC.tv. Watch all of the action from the league's eight teams. Go to NCHC.tv and subscribe. College Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans, college hockey fans as it may be, NCAA hockey fans as it may be. This indeed is College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you tonight from the Summer Skate Studios, which are inside the Kia Sportage which is in the parking lot outside a very snowy ball arena in Denver, Colorado tonight. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein, joining me from probably the palatial estate. I don't know if we went below ground today or not, but whatever. Uh, Long Island, New York. Paul, how are you? My palatial basement, whatever. It could be worse. Clean. They're still cleaning the red carpet. Uh, <laughs> it could be worse. I was I could have swore that that game today. I looked fourteen times. It said it started at eight p.m. Uh, no, it starts at seven p.m. Uh, Mountain Time. So right. whatever I was looking at, it was wrong. But that's well, no that's, surprise, right? Well, <laughs> the, well, yeah. I can't get my dates or my times right. So so well, anyway, when we end this show, I'm gonna uh, sneak across this snowy parking lot and get inside of. Uh, the beautiful ball arena and watch the uh, Arizona coyotes and the Colorado avalanche, which by the way, Colorado looking for their 19th straight home victory uh, just before the all-star break. This will be their final game along with the coyotes and the coyotes looking to play a uh, streak breaker 
if you will. So uh, we'll find out what happens. Something's got to give, right? Well, yeah. Well, not necessarily. <laughs> Good point. Not necessarily. Point. Just, you know. Uh, anyway, we're here to talk college hockey. That's what we do on Tuesday nights. And it's going to be another great night. we got a great guest coming back on as we, we like to do. Whenever we can get him aroused up and not sleeping on the couch or falling asleep on us or something like that. Cause Paul and I are kind of boring, but uh, we've got Eddie Christian. We're going to bring on tonight and we're going to talk uh, all kinds of stuff with Eddie, including um, whether we can say fighting Hawks or fighting Sue. Well, according to <laughs> Frank Serratore, we, we have our answer. <laughs> I know. So we'll dig into that. We'll also find out, uh, you know, I don't know how many years ago it was now a lot. I saw something. Uh, and I'm see if he actually if he actually 20. got penalty minutes in the in the water bottle incident at Wisconsin when North Dakota played there. So we'll find that out too tonight. That's well, gonna be very informative. Years, actually. Huh? It's forty years. Yeah, so I was thinking it was forty year reunion of that. <laughs> um yeah, forty years and uh of course it's not like um I'm just sitting what's the date on this? And it's almost forty years to the day, by the way. It's only a few days past. Yeah, or, I, it? or I, maybe it's not. Maybe it might be tomorrow. 40, 40 years for tomorrow. Yeah, I I don't know. I I remember seeing something okay, on no, Twitter. It says forty years ago Sunday. So maybe we get the maybe we're only a week past yeah, that. Whatever it is, it's about forty years to the day. Maybe a week off or so. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you can you can find some of the activity. On the various websites, um, I'm but, sure uh, YouTube has got it stocked up somewhere. Well, <laughs> stocked up, I don't know, but certainly there are some places where you have to sign in because apparently, you know, a bench clearing brawl is. Oh, did I say that? Um, <laughs> it um, was a bench clearing ball. Well, we'll, we'll get it all from extracurricular activity uh, of the evening might have set some people. So. Um, <laughs> I love it. That's the good old days, Paul. That is the good old days of the real WCHA. Well, I'll save some of my my, my comments and questions from when we actually get Eddie on. I already warned him. I warned him that, that you were loaded for him, so he, oh, he no, knows what's listen, happening. I, listen, <laughs> I, I, listen, let's not forget here, okay? Um, I, I'm not exactly a spring chicken. <laughs> okay, and I have, in my years of watching hockey, seen the odd occasion where there were some extracurriculars going on uh, and some extra extracurriculars, as they like to say. And, uh, you know, this, if you're, if you're going to have fights, et cetera, et cetera, then let's do it right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, I mean, there, there was one of those, Paul, this weekend in the last six seconds of UNLV and, and Liberty and ACHA action. But we'll leave that for the ACHA show tomorrow night. Uh, I'm just telling you that, that that's out there. So, yeah. So I'm just, listen, I'm just, my point being is, you know, I was uh, a, a young hockey fan in the days of the Broad Street Bullies. 
<laughs> you were a young you. hockey fan then. I love it. So, uh, anyway. You had a little filly in your ball. Uh, no, I <laughs> hate them. I hate them, Eddie. Okay, is, hold, uh, hold I on. Hate- Hold on, guys. Don't drop the gloves yet. Let me introduce our guest from the – is it the Hockey Guys, Eddie? Is that what your podcast is, your radio show? Our, yeah, we do a live show. We, we, we're, it's we're the Hockey Guys, though, right? Dakota. We never got schooled enough to figure out what podcasting is. <laughs> Eddie Christian, the former Fighting Sue, is Thank with you. me. And Paul, so uh, Eddie, welcome in, and thanks for, uh, for getting off the couch for us tonight. You know, I have to – when a guy takes care of a outdoor rink, doesn't have a snowblower, and you get the snow we've had this year, some nights you just are worn out. So sorry for missing the last opportunity, but I will I will tell you, I came out with a frostbite on a toe. I hadn't seen oh. that. The doctor said you're getting old and you don't have good blood flow. So I accept the fact I need to wear heated socks probably to do the, the stuff I used to do without thinking about it. So. Eddie, yeah. I know you've been there all your life, but move, man. Move, get out of there. <laughs> Holy you, smokes. If you one follow, storm here, and that's more than I want. If you follow Instagram, follow to succeed, you can see the varying winters of 25 years of no. life on Tradition Pond. So it's a good <laughs> no. place to be, Paul. No. 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 We have no East Coast riffraff outside my back door. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I, I, oh, jeez. No, no. Eddie, Eddie, somebody told me it didn't snow in Colorado. I don't know who the heck that was, but it's snowing like crazy right now as I sit outside a ball arena waiting for uh, uh, the uh, start of the game tonight. Um, okay, let's jump into this thing. Paul and I have been talking about college hockey parody. We've been asking it to everybody. You played the game uh, years ago. You see it now. You follow it closely. Is there the best college parody that you've seen? Oh, without question. I mean, if you take a look at, let's go back and say, let's go back to 1980. And if you took a look at the college teams available and the number of players within high school and juniors, and you look at the number of players within high school and juniors today, no question that the talent pool has increased and the numbers that can feed college hockey and the parity comes across. And again, college hockey, maybe Michigan's going through it. Maybe Minnesota's going through it. I call them the little M and M's now. You know, you got to be careful there. <laughs> oh, listen, I, to, listen, I hey, the big no, M, the big M used to be Michigan, but now with what's going on in their program with the investigation, I'm not sure that they're not the uh, dirty M's. You got the little M and the dirty M. <laughs> yeah, we have to. And they're, they're loaded with rock stars. Hey, they're loaded with rock stars. Yep. And I'm going to go back and put some parallels. And somebody said, "Holy smokes, college hockey's feeding the NHL like never before." Let's go back to the water bottle game. Let's go back. Oh, to the I was waiting era. for that. I was waiting for that. <laughs> you have two rosters. You have 21 people that played in the NHL. I don't know that Michigan and Minnesota combined this year will have 21 guys that play in the NHL. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, stop right there because our people that are listening, our guests, our listeners, they all want to know what started the water bottle game 40 years ago between North Dakota and Wisconsin. What, wait, what wait, started hold on, the whole hold, hold thing? On, wait, wait, wait a second. I, I need context here because I don't deny being new to this whole college hockey thing, okay? And, and, and I'm sure that a lot of the folks that are listening and will listen, We'll need some context, too. First of all, who was the bigger rival, Wisconsin or Minnesota? 
if you go back and look, Minnesota wasn't even in the map from about 77 to 86, 87. Okay. I mean, they popped in there in 79 because they had a fluke over North Dakota. But other than that, if, if we just had this discussion on our show Saturday, we were due to have an 82 reunion, Scott. You probably saw this past weekend. I did. At North Dakota, and it was canceled. And Sunday would have been this. Uh, two days ago was the official 40-year anniversary, Paul, to answer your question. So we would okay. have been all together as a as a group again, 40 years to the morning of that that game. But in in the context of putting it, you know, as as you shared, we're getting old. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I am. I don't know about you guys, but I am. So what started it? I think it started back in 77. <laughs> oh, it's even great. better yet. I love it. When, when a game at North Dakota, Wisconsin came out, and for some reason they didn't have any pucks for warm-up. We don't know names, but we know faces. So there are guys that went over, and North Dakota <laughs> ended up with all the pucks for warm-up. And Wisconsin had somebody that was brave enough to come and ask for a puck. And that was the game that started the officials having to be on the ice for warm-ups in college hockey. That's I love great. it. I love it. So you can go back. There were some pretty good players then. Mark Taylor was a pretty good college player. So in the game of in the game of what happened, it was if you go back and look at college hockey championships and you look, Wisconsin, North Dakota, the teams between them, uh, 80, North Dakota won it. 82, we won it. 84, we were back in the Frozen Four. Somehow, Wisconsin won it in the Ralph, not the new Ralph, but the other building that was on UND's campus, Rink 2. They won the championship in our building in 83. None of us were there for that experience. So, Wisconsin, 80... 81 and again as as a group of players i think jim archibald said it best he said if the cops hadn't gotten involved in wisconsin we wouldn't beat we wouldn't have beat wisconsin for the championship in providence we found nice. out that we were we, we found out that we were going to fight for each other during that that little skirmish and pat micheletti and some of those minnesota guys realized that they didn't want to go to school where they had to fight <laughs> kind of like an East Coaster. Right, <laughs> okay, so let's get to the game. Tell the people how this all started. I remember it, but but how did how did things get started and how did it escalate? The word is is that the official is that Ethier squirted Eads with a water bottle, and that's from a that's player's a no -no. perspective. But I'm not so <laughs> sure that we didn't have, and and this is one that we would have liked to have discussed again. We're not so sure that our trainer may not have inadvertently had a little water go through the stick racks to cause easier to think that Eads has scored a water. So somewhere in here on the player <laughs> side, it was Wisconsin started the water bottle fight. But we had a trainer named A.G. Edwards who wore a cowboy hat. So if you look down and watch that, and for those people that go on YouTube and all you have to do is water bottle game, and it's pretty easy to find. And if you watch it, there's a guy with a big smile and a mustache that was in the throws of that. Uh, he may have moved the stick racks, I think. I think it, 
I think our trainer decided he didn't want anybody tripping on a stick on the bench, so I think he may have moved the stick racks to help uh, to help us get on the bench. <laughs> I was just a spectator, Scott. I was on the ice when it started, and Danny Brennan looked. Oh. He said, "Oh, that looks like fun." And Danny <laughs> Brennan proceeded to get involved at center ice while all the cops and the one thing I will share, Paul. Yeah, the guys that were reffing one has an East Coast connection to the. Nino Martinello. It was pretty interesting <laughs> to watch. The referees didn't want to take any part of it. They just stood back and watched like some of the rest of us. <laughs> well, I, I listen, I all I know is I watched some of the video and I just kept waiting for Mike Milbury to come out of the, 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 the stands with a shoe. So, um, w- I mean, this thing, if, if you haven't seen it, and I've only seen it once as I was trying to get ready for this, um, it's not exactly the best video, but there were fights everywhere. Well, the fans the tunnel, thought they wanted to be hockey players, and that wasn't going to work out because they weren't. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, let's see. Um, who were this? As, as I'm reading. Uh, Archibald. Archibald. This is the great story, right? Yes. So Archibald got taken down because a guy asked if he could buy him a beer. Because this was back in 82. This was right. the only rink in college hockey, I believe, that was serving beer. Because it was off in campus. Wisconsin? It was the Dane County Coliseum. So it, their, their students and their fans were loaded. They, they, were, they were there for the, for the party and a good time. So they were actually – they had beer. So – the beer gardens was behind the benches. And I think Archie was thirsty, so he thought he'd go get a beer during the fight and then some fans <laughs> nice. decided they were gonna they they weren't gonna buy and it got it turned in it turned into what it did. Well, I'm 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 kind of like I said, I'm just trying to do as much quick research as I possibly can. Um it, it, and part of, of what I'm looking at is Chris Chelios's book. So he might have a slant on this. Um, uh, he talks about uh, how uh, Mr. Archibald went into the stands, uh, although he said it was for a fight, not a beer. Well, the beer gardens was behind a bench, so that's for debate. <laughs> okay, I, listen, I'm just, I'm just, I'm the newbie to this. I, I don't re, you know, this was not on my radar back then. I'm just kind of trying to ask questions as they come in, come up and, in my head. And unfortunately for Archibald, he had cops that were obviously checking student IDs or something by the beer gardens. It just happened to be, I mean, if you watch the video, the cops are on the ice because they were trying to figure out which guy was guilty of serving minors. <laughs> <laughs> Did that go on back then? Well, but it wasn't the drinking age 18. In Wisconsin, I don't think they have a drinking age. Oh, oh, well, that would what, well, the cops go were just to a there Packers because they game, thought Paul. they were hockey players, too. Go to, Paul, go, to, go to a Packers game. You'll understand there's no drinking age in Green Bay. <laughs> Eddie, before before we get into more stuff, uh, tell Paul what you told me today about uh, when I asked you how come you weren't involved in that fight. You said that wasn't the only time. <laughs> well, yeah, I was there to play hockey. I was looking to looking to see if I could extend my career. The rest of these guys were trying to impress the old Philadelphia scout that was in the crowd, and they all wanted to be fighters. Oh, well, so, listen. Go back to your high school days. Street, Tell us that story be, about that they one. Wanted, they wanted to be broad street bullies. 
Yeah, well, when when if you look at some of the videos, um, it certainly looked like it was a Broad Street Bullies day because it guys with their jerseys pulled over their heads and guys lost their jerseys and 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 and, and all kinds of. Uh, the only thing that was seemed to have been missing, I guess, was Dave Schultz. I think, yeah, I think if you listen to our Saturday show, Jim Ultramar is pretty fun because Jeff Brady and I do the hockey guys, and we said to Archie, what were you thinking? He said, I was thinking that was the only time I was happy we wore masks in college hockey. (laughs) (laughs) I got, I got, Paul's got to hear this story about you at your, uh, when you ventured up to, uh, Back to Warroad to play for the Lakers. And he tell him that story. It's classic. Oh, no, it kind of fits in, right? Cause yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some, some, some kids. So I ended up at the Minnesota State High School uh, track tournament. And uh, when I wrapped up my college, uh, high school career, I jumped on a plane with my dad from Minneapolis when we flew to Thunder Bay to play the Thunder Bay Twins. So I'm a high school senior and I get to move into amateur hockey. So Saturday night, we're playing the Thunder Bay twins, a guy by the name of Cal Marvin ties to UND hockey says, Eddie, uh, you probably won't see much ice time. I said, I understand Cal. Well, that game, there was a pretty much similar to what you're seeing here. It was pretty interesting. And all of a sudden I'm sitting next to my dad I think there were two defensemen, one on the ice, and there were four forwards and three on the ice, and the rest of the guys had been kicked out. So it was a good old-fashioned Donnybrook. So I had kind of seen a type of event like this. That was on the ice. That night there was a Donnybrook at the Prince Edward Hotel and the World Lakers that were down. I sat. There was a brawl, and they said, we're calling the cops. And they said, with all the illegal activity, you're not calling the cops. So I had already been in a non-protected environment, <laughs> Donnie Brooks. So when this one broke out, I was actually chuckling because it was – and then that Sunday, Paul, we faced off at 2 o'clock matinee, and they wheeled out the guy to drop the puck, and the same two play, teams played to a uh, one-penalty game. Kind of <laughs> similar to what happened. This was uh, This was an event, and then – the games we played after this, I can settled in and Jim Archibald bet it said it best that uh, if, without this event at Wisconsin, we may not have won a championship that year. Well, I mean, things like that tend to bring you together, though. I mean, it usually doesn't go to that extreme, but um, that tends to wake you up and 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 you find out who your friends are, right? Exactly. And if you if you read and if Jellios was honest. All the articles, and if you watch, uh, it's not like the Wisconsin guys came to our bench. Uh, our bench was pretty quick to be on theirs. Uh, I, I, like I said, I'm just kind of perusing it because I'm just trying to. He uh, <laughs> won't sleep a wink tonight, Eddie. He's going to be up all night for what's going on. You know, um, you know, I can I can only go back to, you know, what I saw as 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 a kid growing up and watching uh, Clark Gillies destroy Terry O'Reilly uh, in the playoffs um, and, and him actually, uh, uh, you know, the, the unfortunately the late Clark Gillies, because we saw a lot of video oh, yeah. uh, in the last week here um, as I managed to sneak in an Islanders reference. Um, uh, 
But um, yeah, I mean, I, this is that you know what the, what video I've been able to see is just nuts, and it's crazier than, and I think it is crazier than that fight at the Garden that got into the stands. Yeah, and again, I I you know, fortunately enough, the game of hockey is pretty good. But I I grew up as a kid watching the old senior league, World Lakers play across Western and Eastern Canada playoff. That was tough. That was yeah, tough hockey. Even... Guys that were amateurs not getting paid that decided they wanted to lose their teeth and, you know, do that and have been in places where the coach had to go up and chase down a fan that came down and decided they wanted to rearrange his hair. So I've, I've been in Virginia in the East Coast League <laughs> and had fans that were on our bench. And then I end up with Schultz and Dudley in warmups deciding that they still didn't like each other after they had both retired for 10 or 15 years. So the game of hockey brings out passion that most fans probably haven't played the game. Never really understand. Right. We keep well, score. I, we I keep I, score, Paul. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I, I assume that, uh, you know, when, it, it, when, when you hear somebody that honestly doesn't like the game, that's somebody that's never really been to a game. That's somebody that's never really had a chance to be exposed to the game. Um, and, you know, if you, as we know, if, if you're, if, if, if you're exposed to a game, there's very few people that don't say like, wow, where have, I've been missing this all my life. What the heck? Let's go. Scott, I'll share a great story that may understand or understate, but, one of the players in that game actually showed up in Wisconsin, and I'm going to say somewhere about 30 years later. And <laughs> I thought Wisconsin won this game, but again, it, it helps to put the story together. So Wisconsin wins the game. A North Dakota player that ends up in Wisconsin, and one night he decides he's going to go back to, I think, the schooner bar. And he walks in, and the owner says to him, I know you. And he says, you don't know me? He says, yeah, I do, and I know your brother. Get out of my restaurant. <laughs> so at that point, we confirmed that we won the fight. Well, I, I, geez, I mean, this. Those Wisconsin fans, they just can't take losing. I can't imagine what they're doing with the Packers result a couple weeks ago. Oh, and this is not an isolated incident, right? I mean, some of these things go back years and years and years. This is not just a one-time thing. Um, I, I I would imagine some of that still goes on when 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 some of you guys are in the same place, right? I mean, uh, it I'm doesn't gonna, happen as much anymore, but holy smokes! You know, Paul, you 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 take a look, and this is awesome, right? Yeah. So you take a look at the guys that are coaching right now, and and most of the the teams, they they were in this era. So, you know, Brad Berry came into North Dakota in '83, so he was right. well aware of this. Scotty Sandlin came in in '83; he's well aware of it. Mel Pearson was playing at in college. You know, Granados were on this side of it i mean it, it's interesting to see that i keep wondering how these guys it, it comes up once in a while 
um, when you watch the up-and-coming teams, especially, Scott, you've been there playing North Dakota. Oh, you yeah. still see a goalie spun once in a while. You still see guys that party at the net, right? There's some things that go back. But overall, I think college hockey has gotten a lot, a lot less vicious than it was. So, uh, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. You know, the, the, era, the eras of the 75 to about 90, I think, were, were – and the NHL, Paul, for the in, – in context, it's just, it's just a different game. Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. It's just a different game. And that's why I can't coach because I might go back and tell some <laughs> kid, hey, go take off the goalie if he can't <laughs> score on him because the backup's not that good. Well, how much of it is also affected by the fact that um, it is much more spread out and, and, and much more even across college hockey. Uh, you're not playing somebody eight or nine times a year. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. I mean, if, if we, we discussed this, that, you know, we ended up playing Wisconsin four regular season games. They came back and won the series in the first round of playoffs in our building in Grand Forks for six. And we saw them again for the seventh time in the national championship game. And that was 82. Right. In 81, we played them six. So when you go back, even though there were eight teams in the WCHA back then, a, a few of us saw each other more often than others. So as part of that equation, Minnesota was kind of four games and didn't see necessarily Wisconsin, North Dakota every year in the playoff run. So in, 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 this, in this context, and then the next year they're back in our building and they're playing for the championship after we had beat them in Providence in 82. And then we were back in 84 in Lake Placid. So there were guys on this team that there's, there's a, there a group of guys that played in 80 and in 82. And those guys won two championships at North Dakota and on Wisconsin side, I think they had a couple of players that won two in, in their championship era. So these two teams were intertwined really, really, really heavily. And again, I shared it started in 77 with, uh, an, with, with Wisconsin thinking that we didn't, we didn't have fair warm-ups at North Dakota. Uh, and let me ask you this. Um, you guys probably knew each other long before you guys played college, right? I mean, as you guys were growing up, you guys probably played with some of these guys and against some of these guys on a regular basis in youth hockey and, 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 and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, No. Yeah, I would share with you that if you took a look at the <laughs> rosters and you go through the names, the Canadians, the the Canadians that were on, both teams are pretty even. Some were in that, what I'd say, 60-40 splits, you know, 55-45, because Wisconsin, Bob Johnson and Grant Scranbrook, they, they were standing next to, you know, Donnie Boyd and and uh, Gino Gasparini and Napes, you know, the, the North Dakota and Wisconsin coaches were scouting the same, the same areas. I visited Wisconsin, Micheletti visited Wisconsin, he mentioned, and I'll bring that one up. In, in the articles I read, Micheletti somehow makes a comment. He said, 
I was there watching. I said, and after that one, you went to Minnesota because you you didn't want to fight. So to, we, we, I, I call him Patsy, and I think it fits because he comes from Italian background, so they call him Pasties, but he's a Patsy. So in the world of hockey, he went to the right place. And when you – you know, Grant Strandbook was in Warroad, Rozo, Thief Ever, you know, every game you looked up, and then on the flip side, you had Jim. Napes, Nelson, you know, coach at Grand Rapids, was an assistant through the late 70s, and you had Donnie Boyd, and, you know, you had John Marks, and, you know, you had Dean Blaze. So when you take a look in Gino, when you take a look, there was a lot of familiarity. And then on the Canadian side, these kids saw each other because they all played out of the, you know, Alberta and British Columbia leagues. And then on our side, I was in events where you – you had Ether and you had Chelios. We were all involved in then USA Hockey and Colorado Springs back in 76, 77, 78. So, yes, there was a pretty good familiarity from bench to bench on the players that were in that game. All right. Speaking of Colorado Springs, that's a perfect transition. I want to ask you about uh, the upcoming Olympics. It's it, it's strange uh, with COVID and everything that's happened, but – what, what are your thoughts, Eddie, on the, the uh, college players getting a chance to uh, wear the red, white, and blue? Well, I'm going to show you a little shout-out to family that my mother made a pretty wise decision and exited Roseau to go to Warroad, so the suburb to the <laughs> west came to uh, 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 my mother. And again, a little shout-out. My dad just had his 84th birthday, and I got a chance to go to a birthday dinner with him this earlier in last in the last week. And nice. Got Very to visit nice. with him a little bit, but in the grand scheme, her maiden name was Ness. So my first oh, cousin Jay has Aaron Ness playing in the Olympics. So our family wow. has another opportunity to have uh, somebody to kind of pay attention to and, you know, played college hockey at Minnesota has had a pretty yeah. good AHL career. So yeah. we'll be watching pretty close. Um, I think, I think it's awesome. And again, in context that you really end up with guys that are going there to play because they love the game. And it's not about the dollars for these group of guys that are going over. Um, some of them may actually give up some money to go play if they're American Hockey League guys. So, again, 1980, a group of college guys beat a bunch of professionals. So I think I think little inside, we have some folks that join us. But if you take a look at past Olympics, sometimes the college guys have been the energy and the spark. And they they played as well as some of the guys that were there that were under an NHL contract. Well, listen, there's some great college players that have played over the past four Olympics that really, really came in and played with energy and excited to be there. And, you know, a certain part of it is it would be fun to watch this team go over there and have a really, really good, really good uh, tournament and come away with, with the top prize. Now, listen, I, I, you know, I get the the promotional aspect of watching the NHL guys in the Olympics, and and and, and the hockey is great, but it's just something feels wrong about it. As much as I enjoy watching it, and it just feels right, and maybe it's showing my age too that the college guys are doing this, and um, it just seems like that's the way it should be. Maybe you know, it goes, maybe put it in perspective for those people. It, instead of a canned event and a series that gets to have a perfect shot, you get to have a bunch of people that go over there. 
in its amateur amateur video hour versus uh, big money. So I I I think it's going to be real hockey. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, w- I want to ask you this: so the American side is is really young. Uh, the Canadian side is uh, pretty old. Um, that's that's strange to me. Uh, strange to you as well? I would agree, Scott. I think that when you take a look, it's being played on Olympic ice. Just uh, think about that. So, yeah, I th- I think uh, I think the U.S. and if you take a look, the roster has some kids that have just came out of World Juniors. A few of those guys got their World Junior stuff cut short. So there, I think there is a, I think there is a reality that there's some, uh, a little bit of a hunger to play, but also that, yeah, I'm, I, you know, experience, experience counts, but in the context of what happened now, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be, it'll be fun to watch to see how the, how, how the, you know, and I, I think the U S coaching side is fantastic. I mean, boy, I do too. <laughs> you know, it's pretty hard to argue with the guys that they put together to go over there with the players. Um, well, all pretty, being said, pretty, pretty uh, Eddie, I've got St. Cloud State in Denver this weekend in uh, in my new backyard, and uh, it's going to be weird not seeing Brett Larson there. It's going to be uh, weird not seeing Perbix out in the lineup. And I had a chance to visit with uh, David Carl today, and I didn't put it on camera. I, I left it for uh, off record, but I asked him, uh, is it going to be different? He said, no, no, it's not going to be any different. It's going to be maybe more intensified on the St. Cloud State side to show that they can uh, they can play with us without those guys. Well, and again, I would share with you that after going up and watching St. Cloud get what I call rocked pretty good at North Dakota, uh, they are going to come in there and yeah, no question. I, I, yeah, it'll, it coach Carl knows what's happening because it's not just that they're coming into Denver. They're coming off a, a pretty devastating sweep. Uh, cause it's not like North Dakota has had much success against St. Cloud state over the past four to five years. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. And I, I asked Coach Carl also about his, his trip to, to Miami. I said, you know, Miami, a one or two win team, whatever they are now. And and he said, hey, it was a different style of NCHC hockey. Um, he said, we we had to get ready for it. We had to change a little bit in order to be able to, uh, to deal with them. But uh, they were able to get it done. But um, getting back to the fighting Sioux, I'm sorry, fighting Hawks. Um, <laughs> Uh, Jake Sanderson now with Team USA. H- how big of an effect is that going to have on the roster for the next couple of weeks? You know, no question it has an effect. But on the flip side, with how young they are, it'll be a really good opportunity to put some guys in the lineup because ultimately college hockey is about depth. And at any point with what's going on, there can be a player out I mean, I'll throw at you that after the brawl in 82, Archibald misses five, Eads misses three. Uh, we went on to have a pretty good outcome from that instead of looking at it and saying whatever. So sometimes the game of hockey is interesting because, again, I I, I, I made the comment, and uh, Paul, you correct me, but I said if uh, Hastings has got a little Herbie in him because he's got a little connection to Herbie Brooks, Right. Uh, don't be surprised if Sanderson's not playing uh, as a forward for a couple of games in the Olympics. <laughs> well, listen, um, nothing would surprise me. Uh, I mean, 
Uh, you've, you've obviously seen it before up close and personal, right? Um, with your own family and, 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 and Coach Brooks moving uh, uh, Dave back and forth to the front and the back, right? So it's not like it's never been done before. Exactly. And I'm just saying, when you, I mean, I just got done. You, you, yeah. Sanderson is, is a monster when he gets the puck on the stick. <laughs> when he moves up ice, when he goes vertical, uh, the whole building is on edge because he, he is highly skilled as an, as an offensive defenseman. Oh. Um. And then How again, I would, I would share with you, you better, you better pair him up with a guy like Ness because he'll stay back and make sure that <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that stretched out by the other team because <laughs> Cornell taught North Dakota a pretty good lesson when they swept North Dakota because kind of like Coach Carl said, in the game of college hockey right now is pretty fun because I call it the Fort Francis style where you hang back, <laughs> you block shots, and then if you get lucky and you get the other team frustrated, both their defensemen want to be goal scorers and you spring an open break and you, and, and you, and you, and you get them more frustrated. East Coast hockey versus, you know, more open. So, you know, St. Cloud State used to be a pretty defensive lockdown team and they kind of got away from and abandoned that lately and now – you know, they picked up a few more offensive defensemen. And as that as you go that way, then the game opens up a little bit away from. So Brett Larson's going through a, a style change, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. If you take yeah, a look definitely. at Minnesota, Minnesota's probably kind of similar on the back end. They've got some fantastic – you know, I, I made the comment, Paul, you're, you're around the hockey a lot, and Scott. I, I made the comment, if, if I'm a player – and you're going to college, you say to the coach, what's my style? Do you want to fix it or do you want to use it? Because at times college teams end up with two offensive defensemen and the world falls apart behind them. Hence why Hastings and right now, I think Hastings, Carl, and uh, in my world, uh, Scotty Sandlin uh, have put together a pretty good, what I refer to as backside of their, their roster. They, they're pretty balanced. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I remember it wasn't a big deal to have two guys that shot the same way on defense, uh, which has kind of changed now. Um, and they also, uh, you know, it seems to be more of an emphasis to make sure that you have at least one stay-at-home guy on a defensive pair. Um, how much, you know – is it going to – because the game is continually changing and college hockey used to be more open and then it gets closed down. Um, does it go back? I, You know what? Whenever the NHL decides to change, then college hockey goes follows in suit, correct? So yeah, when we played likely, this yeah. game, when we played this game, you had to be big, tough, and you were, had to be uh, – you need to play the game physical and not afraid to go on the other team's bench. Um, <laughs> that's what Boston was looking for. That's what Montreal was looking for. That's what Philly was looking for. Go through the, go through the teams, right? Sure. And, and then you take a look at where the NHL has gone and some people say it's soft, but I'll go back. The, the NHL game during the regular season pales in comparison to playoffs. So the playoffs right. is old time hockey and the regular yep. season is new hockey. So, you know, Michigan, unbelievable group of talent, but Michigan is very heavily offensive defenseman. And, 
that may or may not get them a national title this year. They have the, the pedigrees because all their defensemen will probably play pro hockey. But, but then the question is, is this the game's close? Who wants to be the star? And if they both want to be the star, then you give up the goal on an open break. So it's just hockey. It, yeah, good stuff. The great thing is there's one puck and there's only six <laughs> players on the ice at a time. And if you figure it out, it's not that difficult. But, boy, we, we have a lot of systems. Listen, listen to Starman on the TV. You think that the game is more difficult than it is. Uh, let, let, let me tell you this. You say there's one puck, but in, in uh, Wisconsin's case, when they warmed up at, at – uh, the old there's Ralph, none. there was no, no pucks. No pucks yeah. <laughs> no puck for warm <laughs> Anyway, I want to ask you. What's that, old story if, what's that old story? If you give a dog a bone, we didn't want that dog having a bone. <laughs> uh, I got to ask you this uh, before we let you go. Um, you know, the growth of college hockey has just gone crazy. And everybody told me that um, during the pandemic, oh, boy, it could be the death, death nail for college hockey. Maybe, maybe teams will go away. Uh, maybe the, the funding won't be there for them. Uh, all of these bad things, and all of a sudden things are popping up all over. I was telling Paul the other day, Eddie, that uh, you know we've had the head coach from uh, Oregon on as their ACHA programs advancing to D1, and the San Diego State coach has taken their program to ACHA D1, and both of them were not afraid to say, uh, our goal is NCAA hockey. That's where we want to go. Uh, UNLV's made no secret of it. They're going to play Alaska Anchorage, not only in Vegas, but they're going to go to Anchorage and play uh, next season. So is it strange for you to see people actually talking about now wanting to move their teams up? Because it used to be taboo, at least the last decade or so, where uh, you'd ask somebody and they go, yeah, well, maybe, but they'd never commit. And now they're all committing. You know, College hockey, Scott, you and I have visited a little bit, but college hockey will go wherever the money is. And and the money is a facility. And if a facility gets built, it gets used. And if it has a college game, it's connected to the community. And then your youth programs grow. And I don't care where I've been in the country. If you have an NCAA college hockey program, you have a youth hockey program that comes right with it. And the NHL can go to a city and it helps, but I think a college level game explodes. So, you know, if, if you go back and some of us are getting older, but my father and uncle played for the totems and you had the goals. Isn't it interesting that you had very little youth movement until 1980 Olympics and that was because you had a bunch of college kids that played and won and the world paid attention, especially yep. the hockey world. And now you've got some college kids going to China and those college kids come from a lot different diverse backgrounds than it was back in 1980. The States are numerous. The places are everywhere. I absolutely think that the West coast is deserving to have a 10, a 10 team league. And the quicker they get there, the better it will be for, for the colleges and the better it'll be for hockey. Amen. Okay. Let me, let me ask you one more to kind of piggyback on that. Uh, you've seen what, what the world has seen now with the Arizona coyotes doing it again, making uh, headlines for the wrong reasons. Um, I, I have a lot of sources. A lot of people have told me where I think they're going. I don't want to get into that at this point, but is it good for the game of hockey, Eddie, for an NHL team to, to play, three to five years in a college arena with 5,000 seats? Is it good for, for hockey in general? 
you know, I, I think that's a difficult one because in the world of the NHL, I, I, yeah, I, I, I've got family in the Phoenix area and you, you can, you can build a facility wherever you want, but if you leave the people, they leave you. So if they would have stayed downtown years ago, they wouldn't be where they're at. Now they're yeah. scrambling. So that, that era was made a number of years ago in Phoenix. And now yep. the, 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 the ramifications are coming forefront that the well, hockey I, team should have stayed where they were. They would have been fine. I, I got to tell you that uh, Paul and I have both been talking about this. And one of the people that we feel most sorry for in this whole uh, discussion, if you will, is Greg Powers, because for seven years, Greg and I have talked about um, what it was going to be like when he could finally open up his building uh, and have it the way he wanted to, to have college hockey. And I joked with him. I said, you can't have college hockey unless you have the band, bring your pep band in um, and all the things that go along with college hockey. And when he put his hands on designing this new multi-purpose facility, which is going to you know, be ready in June by all indications, um, he, he wanted it to be a, a really good college hockey venue. And I just think that uh, even for, for a preseason, uh, the Coyotes would, would damper that. And I just don't want to see it for him or for the university or for college hockey in general. I think, you know what, uh, the two are separate. They should be kept separate. Um, you know, if the Coyotes did poor planning, then, then the Coyotes did poor planning. And I'm going to see them tonight, and they very well could upset the Avalanche and break this 19-game or 18-game uh, home winning streak. But I just think you got to separate the two a little bit. And I think the arenas uh, is the start. Yeah, and and I don't. Yeah, it it. If you have five thousand fans, are they going to go to forty games and twenty six games? The answer is no. And that's where you run in the challenge. And again, if I'm Coach Powers or if I'm the the college, as much as you look at the revenue stream that you might get, I don't know that that. Yeah, I would probably side with you and say that, you know, if 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 the NHL can't stay in Phoenix, then the ASU is in a better spot. Yep, I totally agree with you, Paul. You got a final one before we uh, say goodbye? No, I'm I'm just uh, I appreciate Eddie coming on, and and one of these days got to be in the same place and not have a microphone and get some more of these stories because you're always <laughs> welcome on tradition pond. As long as it's not January. Hey, let me share with you the best thing that the reason I keep a pond in my backyard in Moorhead, Minnesota, there's a squirt tournament every year. And if I stop by the rink quite a few years ago, some kids from North Carolina stopped and I got the coach to come over and he brought his team over and I threw the Gatorades in the, in the cooler, and the kid said, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm keeping it from freezing." Newton's theory of relativity is hot seek oh. cold, and if there's no hot, you're in trouble. So that oh. was number one. Number two, uh, never forget this. A ten-year-old, his mother says, "Put your hat on. Put your helmet on." I said, "No, there's no rules here." He said, "Mom, it was eleven below." Paul. He says, "Mom, oh. I just want to feel my hair blowing in the wind." That kid had played hockey for 10 years or eight years and never got to experience outdoor hockey. Uh, that I understand. All are welcome. I'll just throw it. You get to Moorhead, bring a team of squirts out here for the Fargo squirt tournament, Paul. 
and then uh, you'll come on over and my wife will be nice to you. She'll <laughs> she'll have me build a fire and she'll have nice. me put hot chocolate out. But one day, one day. You just have to you have to experience why we live here. One day. Because it it's uh it makes summers appear pretty nice after you go through a winter. <laughs> yeah, amen to that one. Eddie, thanks so much for uh for spending some time with us. Uh sorry about that for not getting back to you for seventy seven days, but those tacos were really, really good. Hey, it's all good. And again, thanks for having me on. And again, one of the things that's great about the game of hockey is that Wisconsin and North Dakota still play each other. And yeah, uh, absolutely. There's still some things that the game will come back. I got talking about parody and talking about leagues and talking about as this thing evolves. I eventually think that it's going to come back to where it was because everything does. I just hope that I get a chance to be here when that then when that happens, when you get back to what I call the old WCHA. Uh, what I call the real WCHA. How about that? Yeah, I'm with you. All right, my friend. Thanks. For, West. Yeah, it, it's going to happen. It's it's on its way. Paul and I are doing our best to make sure that it, uh, it, it does get that way. Um, Thanks for spending some time with us. Have a, a good rest of the evening. I'm going to go enjoy some uh, NHL hockey right here in Denver, Colorado. Hey, Scott, thank you. And Paul, hey, go Isles. Yes, sir. <laughs> one, one after one. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and Paul and I will be back to wrap up another episode of College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Ask any hockey player in the desert Southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. More than 140 live games from the nation's best college hockey conference. Ready for you, wherever you are, however you want to watch. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. On your phone, tablet, or stream to your TV. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. Right, still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment. 
and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. As you plan your next trip, or perhaps your first trip in a while, Drury Hotels has over 150 locations to help you travel happy again. Winners of 16 consecutive JD Power Awards for guest satisfaction, Drury Hotels treats you right. Free hot breakfast and happy hours, 24-hour fitness and business centers, as well as more than enough Wi-Fi bandwidth to take care of all your connectivity needs. Whether you're traveling for business, catching a hockey game, or just trying to reconnect with cozy moments, Drury Hotels have the location and amenities you need when looking for a place to stay. Call 1-800-DRURY-IN or go to druryhotels.com and book your stay today. Drury Hotels, where our home is your home. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear, this is College Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. Indeed, this is College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy with you tonight in the uh, Summer Skates Studio, Summer Skates Studios, which happens to be in the uh, Kia Sportage in the uh, parking lot of Bell Arena in Denver, Colorado, where it's snowing uh, like never before. Um, Bell Arena. <laughs> my, uh, what did I say? Bell. Oh, I'm sorry. Ball Arena. Let's get it right. It's Ball Arena, folks. I know where I'm at. <laughs> My co-host is always Paul Hornstein out on beautiful Long Island, New York, where he's officially shoveled out of 24 inches of snow over the weekend. So uh, the backache is probably subsiding a little right now. Um, but, Paul, uh, wrap up another uh, episode for us by uh, telling us what the heck's going on this uh, this weekend in college hockey for our four teams. Well, uh got uh, easily the as we go through the NCHC you have uh, Denver playing St. Cloud State at home this weekend um, you have ASU playing uh, at home against Alaska uh, let's see Air Force I believe is back on the road yes they are uh, let's see let's get that right at Canisius and let's see where our buddies in uh, Colorado Springs are uh, they're at home the Colorado College Tigers will be home for Western Michigan, so a lot of stuff going on. Uh, once again, really quickly, uh, I want to thank Eddie for, for coming on the program. Uh, it's always fun having him on. And just to kind of throw around what we're talking about with the parody in college hockey, all right? Um, just, uh, you know, you have uh, Cornell losing to Brown this tonight. After they got beat by LIU over the weekend, LIU was beating Union uh, after two periods. Um, and if you look at the standings in the various conferences, I mean, you might have one team in each league that's head and shoulders above the others, but everybody else is, is, is right there, and they're jockeying for position with a month to go in their conference tournaments. So 
Um, That's parody at its finest. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, I will be at uh, Magnus Arena for Denver and um, St. Cloud State on Friday night. Uh, Ron Nabenbauer, the uh, the great SID at Denver, said, you're going to be here Saturday? And I said, I'll tell you after Friday night because Front if – <laughs> I said, if Western Michigan shows up and uh, can do something with Colorado College, which I have my doubts. But anyway, uh, I'll decide if I'm going to go down to the Springs for Saturday night or if I'm going to stay in Denver and watch what probably will be the most exciting series uh, of the weekend. Not to take anything away from the other teams, but St. Cloud State, uh, Denver, where they're at right now, the battle is real. Um, and, of course, my uh, my good friend Chris Mayotte, um, is going to take care of Western at least once this weekend. You heard it first right here. Right, well, just make sure you let the chauffeur know in time so he knows how to get there. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I also told Ron, I said, it'll depend on weather. And then I said, ah, I looked at my phone. I said, it's going to be 45. I'm all good. <laughs> anyway, College Hockey Southwest Weekly from the Summer Skate Studios has been brought to you by Burrito Express. Our family recipes to your table be placed in the East Valley for great taste and great value. Top Golf, our one-of-a-kind experiences bring your gatherings to another level. Go to topgolf.com and plan your outing today. Peterson Toyota, serving the Fort Collins, Loveland, and Windsor area since 1968 at 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins or at petersontoyota.com. Metro by T-Mobile, get 5G access with every Metro plan at no extra cost. The NCHC and nchc.tv. History, Blue Bloods, Upstarts, the NCHC has it, and nchc.tv has you covered. Go to nchc.tv and subscribe. Black Bear Diners, whether it's our Friday fish fry or prime rib specials on Friday and Saturday nights, you'll always feel like you're at home. Find your location at blackbeardiner.com. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey, professional atmosphere, and a world-class education. Caesars Resorts and Casinos. An iconic vacation awaits you no matter which Caesars Resort you make your destination. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Come and get our slow-smoked ribs or pulled pork or any of our award-winning tastes at all Allegiant Stadium events or at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. And by M-Drive. Refine your drive and don't let age beat you. Go to mdriveformen.com and get started today. College Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. College Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. Very well done, my friend. As the uh... The train rolls by in front of me. Uh, I will be sneaking inside uh, Ball Arena and uh, watching to see if the uh, Avalanche can continue their home winning streak and increase it to 19 games or if the streak busters from Arizona, the Arizona Coyotes, have arrived and are looking to do some damage tonight. Um, Paul and I will be back with you Sunday night. Lots of stuff to talk about tomorrow night. Another great, uh, great West College hockey podcast. Stephen Marsh and myself will have uh, the head coach from the University of Central Oklahoma, Michael Rivera, with us to uh, to talk about the success of UCO hockey as it continues on. It really doesn't matter who they play. They just continue to win. And it uh, looks like they will be crowned the WCHL champions uh, for 2021-2022 season. So that'll be tomorrow night. 
And uh, we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Good night, everybody.